Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? Oh no, wait. You just what? I didn't hear you. Say it again. Oh, really? I said, yeah. how are you doing today? <laughs> no, I saw like your lips move and it was like, uh -oh. but I heard nothing. We'll see how this goes. It's gonna be I'm one of those nights, I guess. <laughs> I am doing just fine. I'm tired, but I'm ready. I'm ready for this podcast. How are you, my dear? I am pretty good. I'm ready for it to be Friday. It's been a slow moving week for me but yeah you've been having your animal adventure so hopefully it's been animals. a good week <laughs> this is my one week of summer so I've been filling it with lots of fun stuff trying to make it feel like I didn't waste it because every time yeah. like you know you get back from a vacation you're like I could I should have done that and I, I know that. and then you feel so bad I'm sure I'll still feel like that but at least I don't know I think you did a pretty good job I mean uh, other than like going like to you know traveling yeah we didn't oh. go far we did not yeah. go far but yeah i think so, given the circumstances um, you did your best i did i did so what's the name of this uh this year podcast oh i well public. i had the episode wrong it's actually episode 64 oh the podcast name <laughs> um it's called this is the part i don't get and i'm jay really you are i'm bay <laughs> <laughs> And I'm a little slow, apparently. <laughs> and is it episode 64? Yeah, I, okay. I titled the Zoom a little uh, 63 by accident. It's okay. It's they 64. all blend together after yes. a while. Yeah, but you know, there's just so many weird things to talk about. It's easy to lose track. And yeah, did you easily find your thing that you didn't get, or was it a struggle? Um, no, it was pretty easy. I just kind of i I did a little bit of recycling of um something that was already in front of me so <laughs> oh, okay all right i think it is your turn to go first okay i believe unless i'm mistaken i was don't thinking that first. but i wasn't sure I'll, i will go ahead and go first and <laughs> get this ball rolling what part didn't you get so um my topic is so i talked about i think a few episodes ago uh dr death podcast the podcast yes and then the tv show with um yes i have yet to watch what's his face show. Oh, and I, I did think I've been meaning to say this because we, I was unsure about, um, Christian Slater's, uh, behavior mm -hmm. that passed. I thought maybe he had an anger issue. Yeah. I found out that when he did interview with the vampire, which is a lovely vampire movie starring Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and Christian Slater from the early nineties, he donated his entire, his entire earnings to charity really yes because it was actually supposed to be river phoenix who was his character and unfortunately Aww. river phoenix did pass away like right before they started filming so they got christian in in the end and then he donated it all to to charity i believe it was some some of river phoenix's favorite charities i believe oh, i'm not funny. sure so, so he's nice an guy. asshole but he donates <laughs> He yells at people, but he donates money to make up for it. I, I think there was just like a paparazzi moment that went badly in the 90s. Oh, could okay. be wrong. Shoot. So he's in the Dr. Death TV show that you were talking yes. about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shoot. If I had paparazzi in my face like that, I would have a Britney Spears moment real way faster than she did. I don't think I could handle fame well. No. <laughs> my mother I mean, my that's... entire life told me I couldn't even be a waitress because I was too mean. 
Your mom? So, <laughs> when I was young, I wanted so badly to be a waitress. I thought it was the coolest looking job ever. You had the little notepad, your little apron, drop people food and drinks. I thought it was great. She's like, you could never be a waitress. You're too mean. <laughs> wow. So I don't think I could handle fame well. Yeah. I mean, that's really the only reason that we're not famous is because we couldn't handle it well, you know? <laughs> that's the only reason. Famous. Yeah. Yes, obviously. Um, but so there's a, a season two of Dr. Death. Yes. That I wanted to cover. Um, Did you watch it? Uh, I listened to it. Uh, uh, okay, the, you listened to sorry, it. Sorry, season two of the podcast. Okay. Um, so that's one of my sources. Um, but, you know, there's a catch. They make you subscribe to get the whole season. They give you the first episode for free and then you have to subscribe. Now, I found to a To like the, the channel? You have to subscribe to Wondery, like they okay. have, that's the whole, I guess, production company. Okay. Um, so you do get access to other things, but um, it's like, I mean, it's not expensive. It's like maybe $2 or $3 a month, okay. but, but you get a free week trial. So that's what I did. <laughs> you just cram that shit in there real fast. Well, yeah, but because each episode was like 30 minutes and there are only a few. So it really didn't take that long. Um, okay. I mean, that's kind of like what it's like with the streaming services too. Like they, you know, assume that like, you'll watch your favorite show and you'll just love it so much that you'll just keep on paying for it. Yeah. So I made a mental note that, you know, next week, remember to unsubscribe <laughs> unless I find okay. some other ones. So I'll give them a chance maybe. Yeah. Um, Two dollars isn't bad if it's, if it's quality. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I like the other one. So we'll, we'll see. So, so this um season two was a good listen yes it you wasn't as good as as, okay. as the first I would say but um so my topic tonight is the doctor that was featured in season two um Dr. Fada um so I'm just gonna that's kind of not my Dr. Topic. Mama oh ha 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 <laughs> good one that was a bad one <laughs> that was bad <laughs> At first, I thought you were really asking, like, about doctors. <laughs> I just very... remember, like, hello, Mata. Hello, Fada. Here I am at Camp Granada. You know, oh, that's just what, I... what is that from? Oh, oh, my gosh. It's a great song. It's a great song. Look that up that. after we're done. Okay. <laughs> let's get going. What's okay, let's Sorry, get on I'm interrupting. Yeah. Oh, so my, my sources, other than the... Um, the Wondery podcast were Wikipedia and a very in-depth article uh, in the Detroit news, because this took place in um, Michigan, called okay. um, Whistleblower, How Doctor Ooh. Uncovered Nightmare <laughs> by Laura Berman. Um, so just a little background, Dr. Fareed Fata was, <laughs> now I'm going to laugh every time. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> He was born in Lebanon in 1965 and immigrated to the U.S. in 1992 after finishing medical school. Uh, he completed his training and started working as an attending doctor specializing in blood cancer. Um, he then oh, opened God. up his own hematology clinic in Rochester Hills, Michigan, called Michigan Hematology-Oncology, or MHO for short. Um, the practice grew very quickly uh, to seven different locations across Michigan and the Detroit area. Um, at one point, they were treating up to 17,000 patients. Whoa, 
now how many doctors are in this practice? Um, or I guess the set oncology center, if you will. I mean, there were, you know, I think his team, you know, had a few and, but that, that number isn't, you know, keep that in the back of your head. <laughs> oh, okay. I yeah. put it back there. Yeah. Keep just it because you asked. Keep it back there. Um, so he became known as one of the best cancer specialists in the area and developed quite a good reputation for treating cancer very aggressively with high doses of chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even owned his own radiation treatment facility, laboratory, and pharmacy. Well, how convenient. Yes. I have a feeling this isn't going well. Can you see where this is going? <laughs> Are you getting some a lot of control (laughs) over the whole treatment plan? That is correct. (laughs) Get a star, one point for you. Um, Okay, so in the podcast, they interview a woman named Patty Hester. At age fifty-five, she gets a case of pneumonia and sees her doctor. And as her doctor's doing blood work, he saw some things that were concerning. Okay. Um, so he sends her to Dr. Fada in worst day. Yeah. We right? saw some things that were concerning. Yeah. I'd be yeah. like, what the fuck? I know. <laughs> Let's just um, hold tight. I'd be like, can you just tell me everything right now? Even if yeah. it's just speculation, I don't know. hold back. <laughs> and then give me a nice Zanny to yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, late February, 2010, uh, she went to Dr. Fada's office um for i guess a consultation um she said basically every seat was full in the waiting room and so you know she was waiting a while i really liked her this this woman's just really funny in the interview (laughs) nice because she's very she's you know very like kind of straightforward speculative of everything okay you know normally you'd be like oh god she's so annoying but in this case she might have had a reason to okay um, so she's sitting in yeah the, she's sitting in the waiting room and she uh there they have a tv and on the tv comes up uh this um ad for a charity called swan for life and she said it was just on replay it's uh, uh dr fata's um hospice charity so um she said at one point she ends up getting up and asking them to change it because she was just like sick, oh, my God. sick of seeing it she said it was just like constantly and they were like uh no we can't she must have been waiting for a while yeah it sounds like it was you know it, they because they had so many people yeah um God. so i she would said, never have the balls to ask. i would want to but i would not i could see you doing it it would have to be the most obnoxious. It would have to be really bad. It sounds like it was. I mean, think about it. If it's on repeat, um, let's say it's like 15, 30 seconds. I mean, okay, I, I think I is, would. That's a lot. I would have to put on my headphones or something or yeah. really immerse myself in something else. Um, <laughs> so she said when she met Dr. Fada, he was very soft-spoken. Um, and she actually recorded the conversation because she said- oh my gosh she said she, and she told him you know i'm going to record this because and it actually kind was of she afraid sense. of forgetting something yes oh okay i can see and that's like this woman sense. is so suspicious but that makes a lot of sense yeah actually. okay yeah and because she's like you know when you know i i always forget stuff after i go to okay. the doctors and you know they tend to rattle things off real fast mm-hmm. and talking medical during and so um and he was okay with it well, he was like, you don't need to record anything. Like, I'm going to give you your records and you'll see and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I'm going to record it. So um, she was, you know, 
he, she's he like sounds great press, yeah. press, press play <laughs> <laughs> um so she was told that she has uh myelodysplastic syndrome okay. <laughs> i was nervous on that one congrats <laughs> which is a blood cancer that eventually can progress to leukemia Aww. um yeah so and she was immediately like confused because she had actually had a friend who just went through the same um diagnosis and she oh, said wow. her friend was very tired and sick okay um and she said you know i feel great and she was actually training to be an exercise instructor oh okay. um, yeah so she was like that's kind of weird um and so she went for a bone marrow biopsy um, a few days later. And she said it was like the most excruciating pain she'd ever oh, I can imagine. Oh, that's but she hurt. was making it sound like it was their fault. Cause she said they didn't numb her back beforehand. Um, into the bone, there's nothing that can numb that part. Yeah. But she said they didn't even numb the back. And she said that she had back pain for several days. I can imagine. Yeah. And so Dr. Fada's like, well, let me offer you a massage through my charity. And so she's like, okay, that sounds, that sounds nice. So <laughs> she goes, I don't know, the next day or so and, and gets the massage. She was like, you know, it was a massage. It wasn't like the best thing ever, but it was, it was nice. Cause it was free. Yeah. Um, but as she's walking out, um, she's charged $75 <laughs> and she's like, you know, no, there's gotta be a misunderstanding. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they were like, no, it's $75. And she's like, what the hell? Oh but, my gosh. Yeah. So she goes back to Dr. Fada and, um, you know, he's like, you need chemo. And so she's like, no, you need to redraw my blood, which I was like, you go girl. And like her, her husband was with her and he was like, she didn't think second opinion at that point. She just thought you need to redo. Um, no, not at that point. Um, because remember he's the, like, he's world, the leading, world renowned, yeah. but he's very, you know, held in high prestige. So, um, so he does actually redraw her blood and um, her husband sitting with her, like, you know, telling her she's in denial. She needs to oh. get on this chemo and get it treated. And she was like, no. Screw um, you, honey. I was <laughs> right. Yeah, right. God, that's an awkward dinner conversation. <laughs> I know. My gosh, nothing feels better though. I mean, you could be in the worst agony, but you're like, I was right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so so he redraws her blood and she's told oh oh well today your counts seem to be up but you do need an iron infusion and um so no more cancer well no he's still saying she has it but instead he's like well you need this iron infusion because your iron's really low okay um and she she was saying you know she went on this trip to disney with her niece and she's basically saying she's spending all of her money because she's thinking like this might be it for me oh no and she's like um she, i guess her friend that had the uh the blood cancer um got on some list for like a stem cell donation or something um so that's what her plan was to do um but she was really kind of just like you know if it's my time it's my time like yeah yeah so i mean everybody accepts that so differently it's it's really yeah and she said her husband like kind of went off the deep end and started yeah. drinking and oh, even got a dui and he's like i just I, I you need to fight this um and then they cut to uh angela swantek 
she was an oncology nurse um, and looking for a better commute. Um, so in 2010, she interviewed at Dr. Fada's office because uh, it was close to where she lived. Mm -hmm. um, so she did the interview and she's like, oh, can I shadow the nurse just to see what it's like? And they're like, sure. Um, she noticed like a lot of things that as, you know, an experienced oncology nurse was not allowed or, you know, you could like lose your license for. Oh, really? One, one, one thing was that she noticed that medical assistants were dispensing the chemo where actually medical assistants apparently aren't allowed to dispense any sort of medication. Um, and she was talking about this medication called Velcade. And she was saying like the maximum dose they should be getting is about equivalent to a tablespoon, but they were giving it to patients like in a whole, from a whole bag, like, you know, a drip over the course of an hour. Yes. And she's like, well, that's, that's much the chemo that I'm familiar with. Yeah. yeah. Where, where it takes, you know, it depends on the dosage and what you're getting, but it could be hours and hours and hours, or right. it could be like a short time period. And from what I've seen, yeah, definitely doctors doing that. And they are, are so like careful with it too, because if it gets on you, you can get really sick just if it was an accident. Oh, wow. So they, you know, won't, they, you know, ask the patients, like, try and not touch the person that you're with while you're getting it, you know, flush the toilet twice. Are you talking about Velcade or chemo? Just chemo in general. Oh, okay. Just flush the toilet twice. So you don't get any kind of residue even oh, yeah, on like, the toilet um, or in the like air. Your, your mother-in-law couldn't have her cats. Yeah. You have to be very careful because of the, you know, your immune system is going to be super compromised, but just the physical chemical of the chemo that that actual medicine they're super careful with. And yeah. like when they're, when they're giving that and they give you all kinds of instructions. So it is interesting for someone to be like medical techs only and not an actual doctor kind of hands-on in that experience. That is a little concerning. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely. take it very seriously as they should, because it's very dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to really monitor that. Mm -hmm. um, and she also noticed that patients were getting um, hydration, which she said you really shouldn't be getting like fluid like that unless you really need it, because too much fluid can actually be really hard on your body. Mm -hmm. And she said every time she confronted the nurse about it, she would just say, "Well, that's just how we do it here." Okay. And she said she ended up like leaving saying like, I can't do this. Like I, this is not appropriate. And she actually, um, filed a complaint with the, Good. I believe it was like the licensing board. board? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. And Good for her. Yeah. So she said she got a response a year later. Oh my gosh. Um, saying <laughs> that they didn't find any evidence of anything wrong. Well, way to be they, on top of your game yeah. there, whoever she, she ended like, up talking hey. to. Right? Yeah, it's just like a letter in the mail. And she said Maybe they spelled they her name wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was a little, and the, the people that did the podcast like tried to reach out to the licensing board and big shock they didn't answer their calls they were not available for comment no <laughs> <laughs> um so then they talk about or actually this was more in one of the articles i read um that actually kind of like begin the whole i guess investigation or kind of outed dr fada so on july 1st 2013 50 year old monica flag um she went to see Dr. Fada. Um, she had been ref 
referred to Dr. Fada by her doctor after a routine urine test showed an M, M protein spike causing some concerns. So Dr. Fada reviewed her lab work and told her, um, you know, the news that no one wants to hear is that she has cancer. Um, Just from a urine test. Right. Or no, this is after blood work. Um, But you know, your doctor is looking over your blood work and tells you you have cancer. You're like, okay, I'm going to believe you. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's see. Okay. So she, um, she ends up, you know, starting the chemo. And then that later that day, she, uh, goes to close the window because it's like raining out and she trips over a suitcase oh. and breaks her leg in two places and then she oh my god or, and then she ends up in the hospital uh, I know talk about bad luck um or this couldn't have been the same day but maybe like a week later okay and, um because Dr. Fada is out of town so her covering doctor is so mongle um and he's you know doing his rounds and he looks at her labs and she's like you don't have cancer like what are you talking about? Um, so he's, he, and he's, he works at Dr. Fada's office with him, but Dr. Fada's always like very big on like keeping, you know, patients like separate, like my patients are my patients, your patients are your patients. So he has no idea that all this is going on. Um, but after this, he does like a deep dive into his patient or at least into her records and, and, um, and then some other patients records and finds like all these false diagnoses. Mm. Um, he also noticed that the Dr. Fada was using what's called IVIG, which is usually um, used to treat immune deficiencies, but he was giving them to patients that did not have it or did not need it. Um, so he did try to confront Fada um, with two other nurses and, um, <laughs> basically Fada was then agreed right after that to stop like using it but he's like that's a sign that he's doing something like fraudulent because no doctor would just be like oh okay you're gonna tell me to stop doing this so I'm gonna do it like, <laughs> if you think you're doing the right thing um so he he actually was gonna leave anyway because I I think because some other you know sketchy things that Fada was doing but he made a good point that he's like you know, this guy goes through audits and all sorts of insurance checks. Yeah. Um. So how, you know, what is like my word against his going to do? Like, he's, yeah, you know, so I think he'd kind of almost not given up, but he, he wanted to take him down. But um. so he ends up confiding in the office manager, George Karache, um, who actually just happened to um have an incident similar at a previous job at a hospital where he okay. ended up reporting some insurance fraud that was going on. Um, so they kind of worked together. George takes him down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so George ends up kind of putting his own like research together, you know, very carefully and secretively. Yeah. And ends up um, going to the FBI. Oh my and, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that all the time, you know, like we contacted the FBI, like, where is that phone number? I know, right? Website. Well, so what he, well, actually what he did was he contacted his lawyer and then okay. his lawyer, I think contacted the U.S. Oh God, what was it? Def- State's attorney? Probably, but I feel like it was something else. Well, it ended up being yeah. a lot of people involved. It was like Department of Health and Human Services were involved okay. too. 
which, you know, I guess that makes sense. But I was yeah. like, I didn't know they had their own investigators. <laughs> um, yeah, so on August 6, 2013, at um, 7 a.m., right, right before he went into his first uh, patient, Fada was arrested by the FBI on insurance fraud. And um, George actually just happened to be running late for work that day. And he was told by the FBI, like, just don't say anything. Don't act like you know anything. And he said, by the time he got there, like, he's like, everything had been raided. Like they were just going through paperwork. No one was allowed in. And he said it was kind of like the movies, like all these like SUVs with like, you know, dark windows had pulled up. So, Uh yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Can you imagine just like, you just think it's like a normal day and you go in and oh, I feel bad for those patients for that day. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> and they interviewed one patient who was like, someone was like, Hey, isn't that your doctor on the news? And- <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh God. Um, so he, um, he facing, uh, so Fada at this point is facing deportation so he pled guilty in like a, I guess a plea deal to 13 counts of healthcare fraud, one count of conspiracy to pay and receive kickbacks, two counts of money laundering. Um, <laughs> and his wife and three kids were actually allowed to leave the country. Um, I guess it, it's interesting though, because his wife was the CEO or CFO of like uh-huh. of the practice. So I'm surprised they didn't hold her responsible, but yeah, said, you know, just leave and I don't know. We they, won't tell was, anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was sentenced on July 10th, 2015. Fado was sentenced to 45 years in prison. So the earliest he can get out, he'll be 86. Um, nice. Yeah. He'll be 86. What's that? He will be 86. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And that's actually only a quarter of what the prosecutors even asked for um of course and honestly i'm surprised they didn't try for like a an attempted murder or like involuntary manslaughter or something like that maybe that's harder to prove yeah i mean unless he just like honestly these people just straight up did not have cancer so um yes (laughs) there is a special place in hell for this man so there's that is so fucked up i mean some of them did but um they basically the investigators found evidence that he had deceived or bullied people into mm-hmm. um so he had bullied or deceived 553 people at least that's what and they only got evidence. 13 counts yeah nice. into getting chemotherapy treatments that they did not need um causing the patient's insurance companies and medicare to pay 34 million in fraudulent and unnecessary claims they also found that Fada took kickbacks from two local hospices and um, poured Medicare and private insurance proceeds into his diagnostic testing facility. So like he would get money that he didn't actually earn and then put it into something else of his own. So that's where he got the laundering. Um, so yeah, I mean, they made a good point in the podcast that um, like the the def- or the the prosecutors were their client wasn't the the patients it was like the U.S. so they were more okay. concerned about the insurance fraud and stuff so maybe that's why they didn't do like the 
anything with like attempted murder or anything like that. Okay. Um, I bet I bet there'll be some wrongful death suits for sure. Because mm -hmm. there's this one woman that talked about her mom dying, um, and it. I mean, it. It kind of implied that it was like from the chemo that she didn't really need. Yeah, I mean, like even for people who do need it, it's like the side effects alone. My yeah, God, it's not and they're long lasting be, too. Yeah, it's you're literally poisoning yourself slightly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It so reminds me of that movie. I care a lot. Oh, I haven't Rosamund seen Pike. that. Oh my gosh, it was so good because, um, because like she had ins with like facilities and doctors and people like that and. Um, and that was fictional though, but I could easily see that really happening. And oh, that yeah. was with I mean, the elderly. Like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could totally see that. Um, I think that was like a Netflix movie. Yeah. I remember I seeing previews for it. It was really good. thinking it looked pretty good. She's a very, she's very good at playing, um, an evil person. <laughs> you know, like she's very good oh, at yeah, playing the is. villain. Like Gone Girl. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was, that was my topic. I mean, I guess the part I don't get is how, you know, it slipped through so many, you know, so many cracks. Um, and it was really similar with the other Dr. Death with Dr. Dunch, like so many people tried to, um, you know, to be whistleblowers basically and, and, mm -hmm. and let people know. And I think it's just, yeah, it's interesting because food. I don't know. Like when you really need medical care, I feel like sometimes it's just like you're hitting brick walls. Like yeah. it's so hard to figure out what's wrong with you. People don't believe you. And like, yeah, especially if you're a woman. Yeah. And, you know, Hysteria. and then exactly. And then you have situations like this where people are fine and then they're being duped and everything. It's just interesting, but it, you know, it, that it's just so sad that it happens because like, like that, that other girl, like the, the, the packed girl, you know, and her mom clearly had Munchausen's by proxy yeah. and was using oh, her to yeah. get like, you know, charity funds and stuff like that. Like there were so many people that they went to and a lot of people saw it and you were like, hey, this isn't right. But then if you're clever enough and you're a good enough con man, you can just get away with so much up until a point probably, but. Yeah. And especially when you're going against someone who has like this great reputation. Yeah. Then you just look like an idiot, you know? Yeah. And it's like, God, how many other people have, ha like I thought about my own, like, you know, I'm looking on reviews all the time and like trying to pick the best of the best, but I'm like, shoot. Mm -hmm. It could be a fraud right there. Yeah. Really I mean, who fraud. knows? I mean, even if it's like something simple, like, like, see, that's interesting that he chose to go so grandiose, like with the most extreme form of medical care, like things like cancer and chemotherapy and probably radiation and all kinds of stuff, instead of being like, Hey, you really need these inserts in your shoes, you know, like, like right. something much simpler. <laughs> well, um, but people are probably more likely to go along with cancer treatment because like they want to survive. So it's like That's true. more vulnerable. That's true. I'm just surprised he ended up becoming like, like an oncologist. Yeah. yeah, It's really sick. It is. And it's, it's like, very... when, I wonder at what point, like, you know, he decided like, yeah. When did you sell your soul? Exactly. Yeah. Like, did you ever have a good <laughs> heart or were you just, was this like planned all along? But they said he, I guess like his defense team submitted some sort of evidence that um, 
the page, uh, some sort of study that like backed him up for one of the things he was doing, but then they found out that um, that study was like completely made up by him. Probably, probably. <laughs> so Jeez. like even while he's in court and then he tried to like to overturn his guilty plea saying like he didn't have good legal counsel. So it's like, he's he's not taking any accountability for, nice. for what's happening and he's still trying to con people, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm concerned because I mean, hope he I'm, was his license revoked. Oh yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I was going to say, 86, yeah. he could still practice. I know, right? That's kind of old for a doctor, but at the same time, like I could see it. I could see it happening. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Kind of interesting. Yeah. But the um, George um, Kadashe, Karadshe, <laughs> I, I I phonetically spelled it because I knew I was going to struggle. Um, okay. <laughs> So he ended up getting, um, this wasn't in the podcast, but he ended up getting like a, he sued the doctor and got like millions of dollars. Oh, wow. Uh, There's some sort of whistleblower law where you can, Mm -hmm. I guess, do that. But to me, I was like, I feel like that money should have gone to the victims. The victims. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, I'm glad that he... Did what it's he good did. that you get acknowledgement for doing the right yeah. thing because then maybe it might encourage others to do the right thing yeah. but at the same time yeah i agree i think i've heard of that the whistleblower thing yeah somewhere else i heard that somewhere yeah and it's like the the podcast really made it sound like george was the whistleblower but then the article that i read in the detroit uh news was kind of made it sound more like um that the the doctor um was did more of like the work so i don't mm-hmm. know but i mean it was george who was like called the fbi and stuff so i think he should the be. world may never know yes <laughs> it's funny because my topic is also inspired by a podcast nice um uh you know one of one of our favorites now they did not do it as a topic really um it was just like a kind of a write-in email okay and they like just talked about it for a little bit like a like in a small email and i did a little bit just an eensy bit more research um to figure it out because it sounded kind of gross and like (laughs) like a little like strange so um my uh what do you call sources sorry i had a total mental break there my sources are from medium dot com unsolved mysteries wiki they have a wikipedia page didn't know that like a wiki for unsolved mysteries and then national geographic um okay uh so mine is about on very specific and weird um occurrence of rain but it's not rain it's like blobs that came out of the sky and like made people sick oh like a (laughs) chemical or something uh, it, it is unknown. So August 7th, 1994, a very unusual rainstorm occurred in a small city in Oakville, Washington. And it really is a small city because the population is only like 723 people at that time. Oh, um, the storm brought down something other than just rain. Um, it was a translucent gelatinous blob that literally rained from the sky so the blob rain reportedly came down in torrents and covered as much as 20 square miles 
So it was like legit blobs falling from the sky, just like rain. But instead of it being water and raindrops, it's this gross blobby substance. Like now, a, any, it was like jello kind of? Um, I kind of like, I saw pictures and I'll post them on Instagram as well. It just kind of looked like, um, like a translucent version of like slime or gack mm-hmm. or like a jellyfish. Ew. Um, it's like, cause it's clear, you know, like, and it was really gross. So anyone within that vicinity of this, you know, blob rain came down with severe flu-like symptoms. Um, a police officer named David Lacey was on patrol with a civilian friend when the blobs began raining down and they ran down, they rained down at three in the morning. I was like, how many people were out at three in the morning? But I guess they came into contact with enough people. And the police officer said, quote, we turned our windshield wipers on and it just started smearing to the point where we could almost not speak. And we both looked at each other and we said, geez, this isn't right. I mean, we're out in the middle of nowhere, basically. And where did this come from? The substance was very mushy. It's almost like if you had made, if you had had jello in your hand and you could pretty much squish it through your fingers. We did have some bells go off in our heads that basically said, this isn't right. This isn't normal, end quote. So the blobs didn't just fall down in Oakville. They uh, were about the size of a grains of rice in a nearby town. And people such as uh, a civilian named Dottie Hearn had to even be hospitalized for symptoms like dizziness and nausea. Other people experienced like minor issues like fatigue and like lesser versions of nausea after like just touching it, you know, like, cause it was on the ground after it rained, the blob rain, cause it didn't just absorb into the ground like normal rain. So it was just kind of everywhere and they touched it and then got sick, which is, gross the blobs were reported to have fallen from the sky several more times so this didn't just happen once it happened many more times though reports of any strange symptoms or deaths they varied um and between confirmed um or unconfirmed sources so you know some people said like it was like crazy and people were dying then some people were like yeah it wasn't that bad so like the sources just really vary from person to person and town to town okay Overall, the blobs rained down on Oakville, that town, Oakville, six times in total in, uh, in three weeks. So six, six rainfalls of blob in <laughs> three weeks. I, mean, I feel like it's been, it's been raining almost every single day here for like I know. the last week. Of course, my one week of summer. Um, and I just imagine like if each time it rained, instead of it being rain, it was like jello that made me have the flu you know worse yeah right yeah I mean and then think about if you if you kept getting sick and then getting better and then got sick and then got better I mean it's just like that just sucks yeah so according to some sources dozens of people got sick and then unfortunately several dogs and cats even died because they came into contact with it because you know they're smaller they're weaker so it obviously affected them much harsher than it did a human so of course they tried to identify these blobs and they were like, what, what are these things made of? In one attempt to identify them, they found that the blobs contained human 
white blood cells. <gasps> what? <laughs> Isn't that gross? Oh my God. I was not expecting that. Ew. <laughs> so human blobs were raining down on people and giving them the flu. Yeah, because I'm like immediately like aliens? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe this was due after an abduction. I don't know. Maybe there's one big alien experiment. So upon further investigation by the Washington State Department of Ecology's Hazardous Materials Spill Response Unit, God, that thing. is a long title. Washington State <laughs> Department of Ecology's Hazardous Materials Spill, Re spill Response Unit. Like how, how often do you have spills that you need this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we well, need to- I guess any hazardous material that spills, they have- I know, but do we need to go like, <laughs> go back a few steps and be like let's take some more precautions <laughs> you know it's like the Where's great the molasses flood i know Where's the prevention <laughs> let's contact osha um so they said that the these cells from the blobs were also found to have no nuclei so which made them even stranger uh, a citizen named Barcliffe took a sample of one of the blobs that she had stored in her freezer. And I, after reading that, I was like, girlfriend, <laughs> don't put that shit in your fridge. killing your dogs and cats and you're putting that in your freezer. Yeah. You better I hope it was really well sealed, <laughs> you know, right next to the fish sticks and, you know, the Beyond Burgers and, and you're getting <laughs> blob. <laughs> I mean, ew. Making some jello shots. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, so she stored it in her freezer and then she took it to a private lab. She's like, I'm not trusting these hazardous materials, material spill response unit people. I'm taking this to my own lab. And you can't imagine that probably is very expensive. She was probably very fed up. And <laughs> there, a microbiologist named Tim Davis with AMTEST Laboratories studied the sample that Barcliffe brought in. And Davis said, quote, I saw what I think was a you, oh God, you care. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was just stopped to me. I, I know the feeling. I saw what I thought was a eukaryotic cell, which is basically a cell that has a definable nucleus and is found present in most animals, end quote. So we're getting all kinds yeah, of contradictory human, evidence here. Yeah. Versus human white blood cells. Now it's cells that are most commonly found in animals. Does it have a nucleus? Does it not have a nucleus? What are we seeing here? Very strange. So speculation, of course, continued after the rain blobs had, you know, first arrived. And there were many theories as to where, where did it come from not only what is it but like where did it come from yeah so one popular theory suggests the blobs were the result of bombing runs done by the nearby military in the ocean 50 miles away okay and i was like okay and they think that that could have caused an ex so they think that the bombing run could have caused an explosion <laughs> that just so happened to happen within a group of jellyfish oh, that okay. then got dispersed into a rain cloud and then and then came down 
But my question, my first question about that is if that is the case, I could see that happening, but why, how did it happen for three weeks? You know, I mean, how many jellyfish are we talking here? Maybe it lasted for six rains for three weeks, unless you just kept, you know, going for those jellyfish. Yeah. I don't know, but I'll talk a little bit more about something similar to that at the end i mean that sounds more plausible than anything else that's in my mind right now (laughs) (laughs) the air force did confirm that bombing runs were being performed um, in the pacific ocean during that time they denied any knowledge of the unknown substance or any involvement in creating or dispersing it there's a shock uh (laughs) some think that the blobs could have been concentrated fluid waste from a passing airplane toilet. But as we remember from my previous topic about blue ice, I highly doubt that because it doesn't come down like that over 20 square miles that many times. Yeah, and that would have happened more often, I would think. Exactly. Uh, So I doubt that one. Crossing that off the list. (laughs) It is still unexplained and the Washington Department of Health states that no such records of the samples that they have that they originally received still exist red flag right there mm. red flag i'm telling you that, why that don't you have it stored more in her freezer i know that. it conveniently disappeared oh we don't have enough to test sorry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh likely story so uh i was like trying to find more information because that's essentially where the story ended so I was like, well, maybe I can be a little investigative yeah, and figure that out. Yeah, you can crack the case. I can crack that case. So I, you know, kind of in the same realm as the jellyfish, uh, I found some information on the nationalgeographic.org website. And I don't know if it's the same thing or could perhaps have something to do with it. But regardless, this is also a very strange thing <laughs> that does actually happen. And it could potentially be the solution um, and really kind of back up that jellyfish idea, there is something that, that is actually called animal rain. That's a real thing. Oh, Lord. And I, <laughs> so <laughs> apparently it's a real weather phenomenon that does happen when small animals get swept up in water spouts or updrafts, and then they fall to earth with raindrops. What? So, <laughs> <laughs> this keeps getting weirder and weirder. So this one is super confirmed. It was on National Geographic for crying. Yeah, out I was gonna now. say that's a legitimate source, but and um, I no. found and then they had a little picture of like a tadpole, like inside of a little water droplet, and I was like, okay, oh, that I, I can see. I, I was picturing little like rats. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I wouldn't let, let me keep reading because I would not <laughs> put it past that either. So reported, um, so this has been happening. The, the animal rain has been reported um, to have happened as, for centuries. Who knows? Maybe this is where raining cats and dogs comes from. Yeah, I don't know. Cute. So, My God. Uh, reported rains of bats, fish, snakes, birds, frogs, and jellies do stretch back for hundreds of years. So, I mean, uh, those animals are, are, you know, decently big. 
you know, rats are, you know, I would say they're right along that. Yeah. I mean, I think I would notice if a bat rained on them. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope that it could just fly away, but I don't know. Maybe it's it raining died. bats. <laughs> um, you know, like imagine just like snakes and things. Oh my gosh. So this mostly happens when there is a water spout. Although many meteorologists say they are skeptical that water spouts can actually cause such a thing as animal rain. So of course, um, I was like, what's a water spout? Yeah, I was and like, um. <laughs> I know there would be a lot that are like, you don't know what a water spout is? Yeah. Funny. Gosh. So <laughs> I had an idea as to what it was and I confirmed my idea. It's event. It's basically, it's just like this violent storm cloud that swirls above a large body of water, like a bay or a lake or something like that. And the clouds swirl oh. so much that they form a tornado-like whirlwind. Oh, okay. And they call that a vortex. Like a whirlpool? <laughs> they, call, they call it a vortex, just in case if you're wondering. Okay. Good to know. So that dips into that large body of water. So an ocean, lake, or pond. Uh, and kind of essentially, because like a tornado is on land, but a water spout is like the little baby water version of that. So that made sense. So water spouts can spin up to 160 uh, kilometers per hour and 100 miles per hour. So that's pretty fast, you know, to, to yeah. suck up some fish and tadpoles okay. and stuff. I, well, I, I mean, get are behind those that. common? I don't know. They didn't say how common it is, but like, I remember there, there's like, I remember like my husband was like, oh, look, there's a water spout in the news. You know, it happened not too far away from where we were. So it does happen. But I mean, I think it's probably just about as common as a tornado, I would guess, you know, yeah. they happen, but. If it's on water, it's not going to be, it's not probably going to affect us directly as much as say like a hurricane because it's huge, you know? Right. So the fish I get, you know, because it's on the water. So a water spout may pull up small objects in the funnel, in the vortex, water, of course, pebbles and small aquatic animals. So I'm thinking, you know, tadpoles fish, frogs, and things like that. Maybe like a water snake or something. It is important to remember that a water spout is not a swirling column of water. The water in a water spout is the result of condensation, not liquid being sucked up from a body of water. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like as they move over land, they start to lose their swirling energy. So they eventually just kind of like womp womp and die. The water spout does. So the storm clouds that formed that water spout originally are forced to then dump this heavy load of what's been essentially sucked up into it. And the heaviest objects are dumped first and the lightest objects like raindrops are dumped last. So this explains why reports of animal rain usually describe only one type of animal raining down. A cloud will dump all objects of a similar weight at the same time. Fish, which are heavy, would go first, then it would be followed by something like insects, and then it would be followed by something that's even lighter, like actual rain. And mm -hmm. so I thought, well, okay, animal rain is a real thing. It does happen. So maybe these gelatinous blobs were a result of that. 
So there is some weight to the jellyfish theory. Yeah. The only hitch in that is why did it last for so long? Because in that they said like it the of the same weight they drop at the same time and they did vary in size like the, the the blobs were huge at one point and then they got smaller at another point. So I don't know. That's so pretty crazy gross. like pretty weird. That it can just go kind of go back to the sky and then just come back down later yeah. on. Just hang so out in the sky you for are a out and a rat falls on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm never leaving the house again. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> wow. I'm done. Yeah. So that is, that's really freaking crazy. But I would just, I would urge people to not touch things that fall from the sky. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think that this Especially is definitely if it's a person. <laughs> yes. But I think that this definitely, you know, solidifies that, you know, even if it came from an airplane, don't touch it, you know, <laughs> like, you know, who knows what that thing could be. Call your hazardous spill. Yes, they, uh, have, they, they have a guy for that. Unit, <laughs> response unit. That's yes, hazardous about. spill response unit. <laughs> so yeah, mine was a little shorter, but, um, but it was really good. That, that was it. That's got to be top top five topics top 10 maybe no uh, <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea about that shooting my horn so yeah mm -hmm. i just thought that that was weird that was definitely a big thing that i didn't get and then i kind of sort of answered it a little bit with the follow-up investigative journalism that i did on nationalgeographic.org were there um, any conspiracy theories like that it was like uh aliens or oh yeah of or something. i mean because it was on an episode of unsolved mysteries and uh yeah so there's a lot there's all kinds of things but it technically has never been solved as to where it came from or what it actually is there's nothing that they can say like oh define you know definitively this is a jellyfish this is a chemical that came from this area like they don't actually know where it, it where it came from or what it is the blob hmm. that is animal rain i think can pretty much be you know of course me certain meteorologists will, will you know have different opinions <laughs> as we found from that article but yeah so no. that was it that's the end well, i'll definitely you. post pictures of the gelatinous blobs on instagram which of course you can follow us on and that is the part i don't get uh and we have a Facebook, the part I don't get, or this is the part I don't get. And then feel free to email us at the part I don't get at gmail.com. And that's all I got. And we will help you uh, research things that you don't feel like researching. Yes, exactly. We will be your Siri. We will put a half-hearted effort into it. <laughs> <laughs> we will come up with kind of sort of facts. And <laughs> suckers together in um a short and concise paper yes which we will read aloud <laughs> <laughs> in a monotone footnote <laughs> all right we'll see you all in two weeks or you'll hear us in two weeks <laughs> yeah.